This episode of the FitCast is brought to you by Pedestal Footwear, the company that has engineered the ultimate sock for those that want to train hard, get the benefits of barefoot training, and also get the grippiness of a shoe. Check them out at pedestalfootwear.com. Welcome back to the FitCast. My name is Kevin Larrabee, and it has been a long time coming. It might have been two years ago since we bumped into each other at Fire Nice in Providence, Rhode Island. I think that was, Mike, was that the first time that we met? Yeah, probably. I think it was at a Perform Better, I think. Well, it must have been, or maybe an FMS-based uh, course or something, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think we were, we were down there for the Perform Better Summit, which is ironically coming up in a, a couple weeks again. They're, they're doing their rounds uh, for this summer. But um, I was like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, I've been reading your stuff for, for years now. And of course, I've known uh, of your work from your, your work with the Red Sox. And uh, of course, you and Eric Cressy uh, have worked together quite a bit over the years. So I've always like, like through osmosis soaked in your content <laughs> and your information because it's kind of always around me. And especially like with what we're doing at MBSC, like we're, we're dealing with a lot of overhead athletes now as well. So we're trying to keep up to date with what the best people in the industry are doing. And you're absolutely up there. So it's, it's really a pleasure to, to finally get you on the show. Yeah, man. Likewise. I mean, this is probably the, uh, the, the longest running fitness podcast, <laughs> right? And I've, um, I've, I've felt excluded. <laughs> I, I, I swear it's like, it's, it's when I talk to some people that, um, you know, like it'll, it'll always be like in passing, like, oh yeah, like hell yeah, I want to get you on the show. And then it, it's it's the way life is these days where or maybe it's my organizational skills where I just kind of like forget about things. And then a couple months later I show up and I'm like, oh, I should totally get this person on the show. And sometimes it's a message, then again, more things come up. But um, it, it, like I said, it's it's procrastination on my part, but it's great to, to finally get you on. And, it, and it's going to be cool because you're really compared to like two years ago, you're in a much different spot right now because you've opened up your own facility at uh, champion physical therapy and performance. So you're, you're getting a lot of people coming in through the door and you're also getting the experience of, Hey, like I'm, I'm starting what is really like my, my own facility. How's that stuff been going so far? Yeah, it's been, uh, you know, it's been, it's been, it's been interesting, but it's been fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I guess I'm at a different point in my career where my like objectives, both personally and business are, I guess, a little bit different. So, mm-hmm. um, like my, my number one priority is like to just have fun and have a little autonomy and just have a good time, Yeah, you know? So when, when you go into business and that's your number one priority, it's, it's fantastic, you know? So you just, you make it work, you make a good environment and you know, the business tends to just just work. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you know, if you have the fundamentals behind it, obviously, but assuming you do, um, you know, if, if your focus is on having a, having a good time, having a great environment and just, you know, creating something cool, I think, I think that's a, a different approach than some people taking business when they're, you know, especially when maybe, you know, the rent checks are coming in every month and you're right. getting a little, getting a little nervous, that type of thing. You start making, you know, decisions for the wrong reasons, but you know, it's, it's, you know, when, when you can say like, Hey, let's just, let's just create something cool. I I think it changes your mindset a little bit. Well, I mean, you you've been able you've been able to take a look at you know how a lot of people have have done things, the, the things that they've done right, and the things that they've done wrong. And uh, we're we're in an area in uh, and, and you guys are in Waltham, correct? Like you're about what would you just like ten minutes outside of Boston? Exactly. Yep. So you're 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 in an area where you can get access to a lot of people that are going to be coming from the city. You're also getting the people that are are in the suburbs or basically if you guys know Massachusetts, basically people that are going to be off of 95 and even close to 93 as well. So it's a hell of a location to have facility at. Yeah, it's well, it's there's pros and cons, right? Um, you know, this, this close to the facility, uh, you know, your rent is enormous. It's, right. it's challenging. So, you know, you make the best with, um, you know, not a, you know, not a, a fifteen thousand square foot facility. You make the best with something smaller, and and you know, just realize that that is, you know, probably you know, going to, going to impact your business model to some extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from the other extent, it, I mean, accessibility is kind of key. And that was one of my big driving factors. I want to be accessible to the airport. I want to be accessible to, you know, the other communities around here. So, right. um, it's actually interesting. Like I, I, I'm off the top of my head right now. I don't think I actually have any clients from Waltham. I think everybody, 
it's, huh. it's, it's like everybody travels. So you, mm-hmm. you, when you create a business that's kind of a destination because you have a, a strong niche, then people will find you. So, um, you know, we have more people from New Hampshire, Connecticut, Rhode Island than we do Waltham. Um, you know, it's interesting. So I'd say the, you know, most people drive close to an hour to see us and they, you know, again, several times a week, but it's, you know, again, it goes back to the, you know, just, just building a strong niche concept and, and, you know, the right people will find you, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's always interesting when you talk to people that are are looking to open up their own gym or I mean, that's the question that, I mean, since I'm just there a lot, like Mike. Boyle gets that question all like, oh, you know, what what should I know before opening up uh, my own facility? But it's clear when you see people that have been successful like yourself, people like us at, at MBSC and, and Eric Cressy who's out in, in Hudson, like literally, you know, you would think almost not in the middle of nowhere, but they're 30 minutes down <laughs> off the highway. Right. But, you know, if, if you're that damn good doesn't matter. People are going to drive. Like I used to drive an hour to train there, or I know people that drive 45 minutes from uh, Rockport to come to uh, Woburn to train with us. And, and I'm sure it's the same with you guys as well. Yeah. And it's, you know, getting back to what you kind of started there with the process when people ask somebody like, you know, Boyle, like, you know, like, you know, what's your, what's your top tips when starting a business or type of thing? Everybody mm-hmm. wants to start a business. I think the worst thing you can do right now is start a generalized fitness facility of some sorts. I mean, right. there's one on every corner. I mean, every corner. So, I mean, you have to, you know, I, I think it's fantastic that you, you know, you're passionate about it and you, you know, you want to do things your way and that type of thing. I think that's fantastic. But, um, I, I, I think you gotta, you gotta have a strong niche first and your niche needs to be what you're passionate about. You know, mm-hmm. if you're, if you're not passionate about it, it's very, very obvious to your clientele that that's not, it's not something you love. So if you're just, you know, the doors are wide open and you'll take anyone, we'll get, you know, a dozen, you know, fat loss clients and then a dozen gen pop clients doing that, you know, that type of thing. I mean, all of a sudden you get a hodgepodge of people in there. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, it's just interesting. And you know, it never really pops because I mean, there's, there's competition everywhere now. It's, it's unbelievable. It's, I, I, it's very daunting to open up a fitness facility right now. Well, it's kind of turning into that whole idea of like, you know, whatever it is, like 90% of restaurants fail within the first year. Right. Um, we're, we're seeing it a lot with people trying to go and do their, their own thing. And, uh, I mean, it's clear, like looking at at your website, I mean, you don't just have, you know, it's not just like baseball players or it's not just like, you know, a lot of people just want to train the the adult population or they want to do group training. You kind of just like offer like, all right, well, these are the things that these are our strengths and this is what we're going to kind of leverage. And outside of that, you know, we're going to also offer what, what people end up wanting so we can still continue to, to grow and get more people in the door. Right. Absolutely. I mean, for us, our, our niche is, I mean, obviously we have a baseball niche that just, you know, tends to happen, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, secondarily, I mean, our niche is people that are just trying to, you know, optimize themselves or be better. Right. So it's, it's usually not the first time fitness client or the first time, you know, PT person that, you know, they've, they've gone elsewhere. They're, they're not rookies anymore, but mm-hmm. now they're looking to, you know, to optimize. They're trying to get away from the generalist and looking for the specialist now, I guess, you know, so, and, you know, I, I don't, I mean, heck, I don't know how to, I don't know how to evaluate success in a fitness business type thing, but, mm-hmm. I've, uh, you know, I think, you know, for a couple of years in, I think we're doing, you know, we're doing pretty good, but, you know, our, our other huge niche that we have is we're an integrated, you know, PT and fitness facility. Right. Yeah. So it's, you know, something we can do that, you know, perhaps others can't just cause we have that connection and we have that multidiscipline approach. But, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's funny. I've, I've always, I've always been that way in my career. Like that's kind of like, that's the world I've lived in, like with professional sports and stuff is, mm-hmm. you know, we have all these different disciplines working together hand in hand. And then, uh, you know, you get out to the, you know, the public sector, I guess. And like, yeah, everybody's fighting or you know, everybody's like, you know, trying to step on each other's toes and stuff. So what we said was, well, heck, let's just create that integrated environment that, that, you know, the professional athletes have and let's put it all together. So, you know, you guys are doing a similar thing with your, you know, massage therapy stuff kind of mm-hmm. at Boyle's place. I mean, you guys are doing a good job, you know, with that, um, you know, and you've had some, you know, PT stuff with John in the past. I mean, I, th- I think those are good. You know, it, it just comes down to like somebody's, somebody's in a squat, you know, trying to squat, they're in the rack and you, you don't like the way their hip looks today. Mm-hmm. You know, you just say, Hey, run over there, take, let Mike take a look at it real quick and see what it is. And heck, you, you do something for five minutes and they get right back out on the floor and, and, you know, it'd be some pretty impressive gains. 
Well, it's not, it's not only like, uh, and I promise guys, we're not going to talk just about like fitness business stuff, but this is, this is intriguing stuff. And I know like, I'm surprised by this, by the way, this, well, is, this is an interesting direction. <laughs> well, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's, it's the way the audience is where we have, I, I would say like almost close to 50% of the people that listen to this show are trainers and they're, they're strength coaches and stuff like that. So I, I definitely want to hit on this stuff. And, and it is fascinating for me as someone that has been continuing to like my, my, my hands are in the world of certifications in uh, gym licensing and just like day-to-day continuing edu- education stuff at our gym. So like these are the things that I'm kind of thinking about these days. But um, no, you're you're totally right. Like that that is a huge like value add. Like it is the new – I have a sauna or I have a steam room. No, like I have a PT – or right. have a massage therapist at our facility. So it's it's more of your one-stop shop than thinking, all right, well, I have to go to you know the gym, then I have to go to the massage, or then maybe I have to go to a physical therapist. Like, no, you can just kind of go and see the PT before you go and train or afterwards, or get your massage work done after you train. And it's way more convenient in the places where we are kind of situated at. Like the people have the money to do it if they want it. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, everybody, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're fortunate we're, we're near Boston ourselves, I should say everybody, but I mean, I think people, you know, have it more than they want. They just have to see the value in it, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, taking a big giant leap and, and talking physical therapy instead, I think that's maybe, maybe it's a similar um, parallel to fitness, but with physical therapy, there's like a dime a dozen again, PT places on every corner that are just factories, milking your insurance, just, you know, I'm just, I'm going to see you three times a week for 12 weeks, that type of thing. Like, mm-hmm. Just the factory things that, you know, I think people get sick of that. But if they've never experienced PT before, then they don't value it. So why on earth would they pay you anything? Mm-hmm. Right. They're not going to they're not going to pay for, for that because they think that's what PT is. But then once they get the, you know, more individualized, you know, kind of hands on approach that you can get in a different model like ours, then they're like, oh, OK, now I definitely you know, see the value. So we just had a seminar at Champion um, last weekend, actually, and I kind of talked about this concept where, you know, the dentists, I think the dentists have nailed it, right? Like, I don't know how, but like 30 years ago, somehow they convinced us that we all need to get our teeth cleaned six months, right. every six months. It's amazing if you really think about that. Like, I don't know how they pulled that off. Uh, and maybe there's some science that shows something along those lines and it, that it's good preventative care, but it was clearly just marketing. <laughs> you know, they, they marketed it very well that we needed to do that to be preventative. Yet people, aren't doing that with movement they're not doing it with fitness they're not doing it with their right. bodies it's it's you know it's amazing to me so you know I, I our niche is that person that 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 wants the most that isn't you know debilitated from like a big surgery they just had it's the person that's like trying to pr their press and they can't you know get that last bit of shoulder elevation mm-hmm. Uh, well, surprise, folks, we're going to talk about baseball in this episode, <laughs> um, and it, it is kind of perfect timing because as we record this, I believe it's it's the day after the, the first couple rounds of the the Major League Baseball draft. We're seeing a lot of 17-year-olds. I, I know the Red Sox drafted uh, a 17-year-old, and uh, they're, they're, there's like, you know, constant debate going on, like, you know, a couple things, early specialization. For these for these guys, and then two, you know, what can we do as people that are working as strength coaches to protect these kids from? Sometimes it's their coaches, sometimes it's their parents, and especially with pitchers, you know, things like pitch count and just breaking down way too early. Yeah, it's you know, we're in a weird, weird place now. It's with with all sports, but baseball gets a lot of publicity just nationally. Just MLB is popular here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, it, it's just interesting. I'm actually fearful of the hockey kids more than anybody else in the future. I, I feel like hockey the last decade has really popped with these kids skating so much. I, I think I'd rather throw a ball all year more than I'd, I'd rather skate all year. Um, I, I can't tell you the, 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 the 12, the 12 year olds that I have that I coach that will spend weekends in hockey rinks playing four to six games in a weekend, then come back, see me on Monday be all sore and messed up and usually like these are also the same kids who are like their parents are the coaches and right, right they're they get hurt in a game and their parents just throw them back out there yeah like there, there's a lot of gross stuff going on right now it's it's th- those kids hips when they're in their 30s are gonna be a challenge yeah. it's gonna be interesting so you when know they're, when they're in their like late teens right, like we're, yeah. we're seeing it right now but they're gonna be they're gonna be getting like resurfacing and stuff like in that mm-hmm. it's it's gonna be challenging i mean baseball i mean oh, you had tommy john who cares your life's fine right <laughs> yeah. you know like it's, it's not that big of a deal you can actually still throw like you know as an adult you'll be fine mm-hmm. 
you know, but these kids, I mean, they're, they are screwing their hips up, but yeah. you know, so I'm actually, so I'm a parent now too. So I'm actually going through this, you know, with, you know, my, my oldest is seven now and we've just kind of mm-hmm. started this thing. I'm actually, um, a first grade softball coach myself right now, not to, nice. not to, to add a little bit there, but, um, I don't know. I, I sat next to, to, uh, to Tito on the bench for, uh, quite a few years. I was hoping some of that, some of his <laughs> Rub off. running a game would help with these first graders. They're not listening. It's, it's just, it's challenging, but, um, but, um, you know, we're, we're in this like weird dilemma now with youth sports where, um, I'm even seeing it as a parent where they want to like do like programs for my daughter, like in first grade, like, like, all right, what should we do for the summer for softball? And like, should we do like pitching clinics in the winter? And I'm just like, pump the brakes, everybody slow Mm -hmm. down. Like, what do we like? I just don't understand what we're doing. So unfortunately there's two things. There's us on like, we'll call it the medical side, all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's the business side. And the mm-hmm. problem with the business side is if you don't train every day, some kid when he's 14, 15, 16 is going to be better than you. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He's the kid that's going to get drafted. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's the problem. He's gonna, the kid that's going to draft it. He's the kid that's also going to either not, never make it all the way because he's completely burnt out mm-hmm. or, or just have this like huge injury. You know? So you know, if just like literally like 10 years max, I don't even know if 10 years ago, if you asked all the big league pitchers in there, you said, hey, what did you do growing up? None of them did any of this crap. They were like mm-hmm. shortstop, center fielders, like pitched a little bit, that type of thing. Now we're doing all these tournaments and these showcases and all these things. And there's, there's only one thing scientifically that we continue to find causes injuries and it's overuse. That's it. It's not mm-hmm. any other hypothesis. It's not throwing a curveball. It's not like any other th- that stuff that like people hypothesize. It's just overuse. The more you throw, the more you get hurt. And and unfortunately, we're in this like weird thing now where you know velocity is sexy, right? Like that's the big thing that sells right now. So every mm-hmm. knucklehead on the internet is marketing a velocity program, and that's you know you get all these people that are unqualified probably to to do this safely, just throwing the kitchen sink at these kids. And does it work? Yeah. But, you know, my, my, my friend Glenn Fleissig, the biomechanist from ASMI, he always says it's like giving a kid in Little League a pack of cigarettes, right? He's not going to get lung cancer in Little League, but he right. probably will down the road, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, I, I don't know the way out because I'm trying to figure out how to get my first grader out of it already. So I, mm-hmm. I, I already don't know, you know, the way out of this here. But the only thing we can do is just continue to just educate. And, you know, from the strength and conditioning community, it's, it's about resilience, right? So we just, we have to focus less on performance now and probably more on resilience that's probably our next whole phase i know that, that's the way sports science is going here is yeah. now nowadays it's not who who trains the best it's who recovers the best damn um well well, well what can we do as as strength coaches and trainers to to talk with the parents because i'm sure you know there there are the parents that are coming in and or even you might like this is the thing is that this is what I get, you know, I, again, like I mentioned that kid that comes in after a weekend of playing six hockey games and, uh, you know, the games that are also to get ice time in middle school. Sometimes you're playing these games. I shit you not at 11 PM. Okay. <laughs> um, so they're already going into game at an incredibly fatigued state and then are going and playing whatever is like 12 minutes on the ice. And, um, so, so do you have, or I guess, what do you do when it comes to those those parents where you might overhear something of of you know a kid throwing a lot over the weekend, or, or maybe that that needs to slow down a little bit? Do you, do you talk to those parents, or or how do you kind of play that game? Well, it's, by the time they come to see me, they're usually they're 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 usually forced to have to listen, right? Because they're well, seeing yeah. me for yeah. a reason that usually they're sore, or mm-hmm. hopefully just sore, that type of thing. And we can get them early. Um, and you know, it just, it comes down to education. And I think what the only way we're going to be able to fix this is to just keep regulating things, you know? So like mm. little, little league and USA baseball did a good job, of like pitch count regulations, those types yep. of things. But it's just like a, it's a small piece of the pie though. You know, you can still play for multiple teams. You can still do tournaments and showcases. Like there's so many, there's so many other things we, we just, we just have to regulate, but this is a business, right? Those, those showcases, I mean, there's like a thousand kids there that all paid 600 bucks. I mean, (laughs) I mean, and, and they, and they get a dozen of those going on around the country. Mm-hmm. It, so this is never going to get better because they are convincing parents that they have to do these types of things to get the looks that they need. 
you know, and that, that's, that's part of the issue right here. I, I had a conversation with a kid on a 14U team, so he's 13 years old, mm-hmm. right? And I was, the parent was talking about all these, like, showcases he wanted to line himself up for for over the summer, you know, and I was just, you know, patiently listening, letting it go, and, and he was just, like, pushing, and I was kind of trying to be like, yeah, well, maybe we don't want to do that many, like, that mm-hmm. type of thing. And, like, 30 minutes into it, I finally said, look, I go, Vanderbilt and the, the Red Sox are not scouring through the perfect game 14U scouting reports to find mm-hmm. their next pick. This is, this is eyewash for you guys here. It's a good exposure here, but nobody is looking at 14U kids for their next draft pick. Mm-hmm. So the problem is they're, they're, people are telling you that all this stuff's so important for their development, but you know, the question is, is it really? You know, so again, I, I got no answers for it. You know, there, we just, we know there's the problem, you know, and I, the only thing we can do is we can see the kids that don't get burnt out become successful and then that becomes the new norm. <sighs> That's not the inspiring speech that I was hoping for, Mike. Yeah, I, I know, I know. So you get me angry. <laughs> well, I mean, it, 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 unfortunately, like, like I said before, it is something that like, this is what, when I was growing up, it was AAU basketball, right? Right. Um, like I was not forced, but I actually wanted to. But in, in the summers, I was playing in an AAU league. I had my summer league for school. And then I also had basketball camps. And so I was playing basketball like all the time. Thankfully, I held up pretty well. But uh, I mean, it has transitioned into into hockey and a baseball. Like you said, for, for these showcases, it's the same thing. And now we're also seeing it in things like lacrosse. We're seeing lacrosse showcases um, as well. So I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's one of those things that, that that's baffling. Like you said before, a lot of it is probably going to come through regulation. There there's, it's really tough to, to talk to a parent. Th- those are the things that I, I leave to like, to Mike Boyle. Like I say, you know, Mike, like this is this kid is going through some stuff. I think maybe next time the parents are in, maybe you should just grab him and say like, maybe you shouldn't be having your kid play hockey until their legs fall off. I don't know. I, don't know. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, there's always a diminishing return, right? You know, so uh, we see it with the kids towards the end of the baseball season, the second half of the summer. I mean, they're so tired and worn out that their performance is downhill, you know, so, you know, hopefully those time, types of things start start to happen. But I mean, you know, I, 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 I hate it right now, but like, I'm, I'm, I mean, half my day is filled with, with Tommy John kids right now. It's just, it's, it's just, it's a weird position. So Did I mean, you see it getting better or is it getting worse? Oh, it's getting far worse it's it's crazy it's 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 impressive it's i I don't even yeah it's worse (laughs) so this is not just like you know we we see it um i mean people probably are listening to this you probably read about it in i know sports illustrated did did a big piece a a couple months ago but um you know tommy john surgery is something that we're seeing like we're getting kids that you know are 14 years old coming back from tommy john surgery yeah, that's it's unbelievable. It's, well, the problem is sometimes it's the people think it's like a brag type thing. You know, some no, people they don't. It, they, they show the scar off. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's cool nowadays. But it's it's not like uh like what's his name Rudy Bumgarner from Rookie of the Year where he falls on his elbow and throws a hundred. Right, right. <laughs> Rowan Gardner. I think, yeah. sorry. <laughs> there's no uh, yeah, there's no uh, romantic movie stories like that now. Those kids. I mean, think about it. So I mean, part of what what I do in in my life is I I help review the medicals of kids that come into the draft, right? Mm-hmm. So think of how many kids that are draft eligible right now. Like in in the United States, how many like high school and college kids are entering the draft right now? Mm-hmm. Wait, why would we draft a fourteen year old that had Tommy John surgery when there are you know eight hundred thousand other ones that didn't? Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's so it's it's a head scratcher. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully there is some kind of come to Jesus moment for, for the parents out there, the, the parents that think their kid is going to be, you know, like we saw yesterday, uh, as we record this, the number one draft pick in, right. in baseball. And a lot of times, even those number one picks, they don't make it. Um, right. they, they get stuck in double and triple a maybe if they're lucky, um, and don't make it up. But, uh, I, I will switch gears a, a little bit because, you know, another thing that you guys are doing, and I, and I talked to you a little bit before we started recording, but um, I was able to do a little bit of um, pre-interview with, with one of your uh, 
employees Kiefer um, at a birthday party <laughs> the weekend over, or over Sarah's birthday party. You know Sarah. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to try to pronounce her last name. And it's uh, <laughs> Flacco, right? I, I think so. Uh, there you what's go. Up, what's up, Sarah? So if, it's like another Easter egg thing. Sarah, if you're listening to this, you have to tweet. Um, let's make her tweet something. What should, what should she tweet? She should t- she should tweet back to Marky Mark for her sweet <laughs> birthday call out. Yeah, there you go. I like that. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so, so, uh, you know, we, we got to talking because, you know, again, uh, you, you guys are working with the adult population as well. I, what do you call it? Like the, the general fitness population, the, the fat loss audience, the, what, what, what do you guys, do you guys have a name for it at, at your facility? We just we just call everybody just people. No, I'm just oh, kidding. <laughs> I'm, gen, I'm just kidding. Gen pop, yeah, gen, gen pop, just, just the gen pop. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so what what kind of angle did? Or, I mean, again, you have an a sports and athletics background. So coming into you know putting together an adult program, I'm kind of curious, um, you know, what your thought process was like, and and what's the general look of of what you guys are doing uh, with adults. Sure. I mean, um, I, it's probably not far off from you guys too. I mean, obviously, um, Mike's been pretty influential to, to myself as well as everybody else. Um, you know, with, with some of these concepts and, you know, Mark Verstegen and, and stuff, just all these people I've learned from kind of, you know, when I was younger in my career. Um, you know, I, I, I think the number one foundation of, of what we do at Champion with our adult gen pops is, is the concept of just making sure that all of our programming addresses, you know, every quality of, of human performance. And, mm-hmm. So we use the word performance, right? And people want to make make it just sports. That's performance, but I don't really. I mean, performance is anything you want to do, right? Performance right. is take, taking a walk down the street if that's that's what you want to do. Um, so you know, we we make sure all of our programming has you know good mobility, agility, reactive type work, power development, strength, energy systems. That's that's one of our core foundations to start with. There is that you know everybody's program works on that. You know, now obviously it's very specific to you and, and customized to what you may need. Um, maybe your fitness level or your age, those types of things. Um, but you know, that was kind of one of our first core values is, is that we want to make sure that we're getting kind of all aspects of human performance. So we kind of started with that, um, you know, in terms of our programming. And then from there we decided, you know, well, how do we want to implement this? And, and that's when you kind of lay out your services more than your kind of, you know, kind of what your, what your programming is, it comes down to services. So, you know, the way we operate at champion is, is more semi-private, you know, we do have some team training, you know, like, like old fashioned, like boot camp style stuff in the mornings, um, for, for the gen pop. But, you know, we, we do it in a kind of semi-private format where everybody kind of gets a, um, you know, their customized version of, of whatever program we think they should be on, mm-hmm. you know? So that's kind of the, you know, the nuts and bolts. I don't think that's really that fancy anymore. Although I guess there's still probably a large percentage of fitness facilities that don't do that stuff but mm-hmm. you know for us it seems basic i guess but um you know I, I thought that was important because you know when you're when you're looking to develop an athlete right like what do you you're not you're not going to develop a one-dimensional athlete yet for some reason we'll develop a one-dimensional gen pop client that's just doing all you know conditioning or that's just doing all strength and you know they're not getting any agility work those types of things like you mm-hmm. know so just you know remember like agility is not like a t-drill for a you know a 45 year old mom you know but it's <laughs> You know, there is, you know, there is something in, in sort of developing, you know, athletic components to just our, our, our normal movement. And I think that's what everybody, not only is it fun, obviously, but I think that everybody benefits because they, you know, they end up moving better too. So, you know, we, we you know, everybody wants to come in and look better. That's what mm-hmm. they want. And we give them that, obviously, but we also kind of sneak in that they move better too. Yeah, that'd be a great way to increase the, uh, the people showing up for for BT just have all the the, the adults running five ten five drills and <laughs> drills and blowing out their knees uh, yeah. every day. It'd be a blast, yeah. So yeah. it's a good, it's an integrated business model. Too. Yeah, it is. It is. It's very <laughs> synergistic. It's synergistic. Um, <laughs> hell of an episode so far with Mike Reinhold, but we're gonna pause for just a second because I want to talk to you guys about pedestal footwear. They've really engineered this sock. For us, the people that want to train hard and you want to get the benefits of barefoot training, but also, you know, the grippiness of a shoe. And there's some drawbacks to training completely barefoot as well. One, your feet get disgusting. Two, the ground at your facility or whoever's facility you're training at gets disgusting. And three, I'm going to be real. You're going to freak some people out. They don't want to see your bare ass feet. Come on, get these socks because not only are you going to be 
helping those people out, let's be real, but also you're going to get a much better training experience with them. And I've been using them at my home, on the rug. I've been using them outside as well. And they've been absolutely outstanding. These things are built to last. They're also silver treated. So they're not going to smell like after one use. They actually recommend, you know, wash them every, you know, three to four uses. So you don't have to constantly be doing laundry with these things or buy a ton of pairs at once. What I would recommend is buy two pairs. That's going to set you up for about a week's worth of training. And then you can wash them on the weekend and you'll be good to go on Monday. And from the people that I've talked to that have been using these socks, there is no going back. You're going to try them out. And like I've talked about before, these guys are sponsoring the show, but I wouldn't have them as a sponsor if they weren't an incredible company with an incredible product that I backed 100%. Go and check them out, pedestalfootwear.com, and let me know what you think. Send me a tweet at Kevin Larrabee. Let them know on Instagram at Pedestal Footwear and check out all the stuff that they have going on. Tons of different designs and they can also do bulk orders for like your staff and they can do special uh, special uh, orders as well. So go and check out their website, see what they have to offer. Let's get back to the show with Mike. So I, I, I promise uh, I'm going to get to some questions from, from Facebook because you guys came through with some great questions. And what I usually do on these shows is I completely disregard the questions because I end up having a ton of my own, but I'm going to be <laughs> a little bit less selfish today and I'm going to allow some questions come in from the audience. And uh, I like this one from Corey just because I was going to kind of ask it anyways. Um, how have you integrated PRI uh, with your programming and with your athletes and adults at your facility uh, because this is something that you know of course it is it's something that we've kind of taken in like in our circle in the last couple of years but pri possible restoration institute hey if you want to know what it's all about michael mullen came on the show a couple times uh so just scroll back maybe like 40 or 50 episodes there's a couple great episodes with the wonderful michael mullen that guy is the man um but we also have Mike Reinhold on the show. Also, the man, <laughs> too many, too many mics today. I'm trying to keep my mics in order. All right, so we got, we got a lot of mics. <laughs> so, so again, yeah. How have you? I mean, I guess how have you uh, approached in terms of integrating some of the PRI practices in in what you do? Um, well, I've definitely I've gone through some of the PRI stuff, and I definitely integrate some. I mean, PRI has been around a lot longer than um, most people realize. It's um, you know it's it's been around quite a bit. It's it's gained quite a bit of popularity in the fitness crowd. Um, you know, just as you know, it's it's a novel approach that probably hasn't been around there. Um, you know, in that kind of discipline as much. Um, you know, what I really love about PRI is is the the anatomical considerations that um, they teach so well, and probably yes. better than anybody else. You know, so you just you appreciate positioning and movement and stuff like that. And I think I, I think that's the biggest thing uh, for me um, in terms of you know how we integrate it. I think less is more, and I hate to say that, but I'm not a big guy that goes all in. So mm-hmm. my, my my good friend Ken Crenshaw with the Diamondbacks, I always kind of you know I, I give him credit for this, but he calls himself a mutt. You know, where he's it's intentional. Like we're proud to be mutts, where we kind of combine a bunch of different systems. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you go all in on one system and any system out there, I know there's not one system I believe is perfect. I, I think you're 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 bound for some some trouble. So you know, I think you know if you go all in on PRI, it, that's just for a, to me a very strict type of person that's gonna that's gonna do great with that. For us, we use PRI just in terms of understanding, like again, good alignment and how like how the body functions to move together. Mm-hmm. You know, to kind of to to help people, I guess, and or even to help us with our programming. But in terms of like doing all these these drills and stuff, I would say we're probably getting away from it more than we are getting towards it over mm-hmm. the last year or two. As I think, just the pendulum swinging a bit. I mean, I've certainly I've I've tried it. I've tried to integrate it quite a bit, and I think the PRI guys guys would say I haven't tried enough, perhaps. But um, I, I respect it, and I think it's appropriate. And I would say you know a good percentage of people that I I use it on every day, but we'll work on their alignment. And a couple of drills to get them strong in that alignment and we'll move on fast. Like the last thing I want them to do is be like on a wall forever doing, you know, little drills. I want them dead. <laughs> I want them, right. I want them to, I, I don't want them to feel broke. I don't want to give them a nocebo that, you know, all these things it's, you know, it, we spend all this time telling them how asymmetrical they are. And then, and then I, I want them to embrace that. It's okay mm-hmm. to be asymmetrical. Um, we, we just, we just have to, to work on that. So I would say, how do I use PRI the most? I would say probably number one is to, you know, give, give some, you know, alignment drills so that way we can train in good alignment and then just mm-hmm. realize that we're not going to live in that alignment all the time, but let's at least train and perform in that alignment, hopefully a little bit. 
Um, and you know, it certainly, you know, I think helps with the people that, you know, have crazy amounts of tone, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, th- those types of people that are, you know, so, so tensed up, um, you know, can use some of those drills to kind of help, uh, get them in a little bit better positioning. So, um, I'd say in a nutshell, that's kind of how we integrate PRI. Um, you know, I, I, you know, it's probably, probably less than most, but you know, I'm, I'm pretty content with it. I, when I've tried to use it, a little bit more, I think, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't see the results enough that, um, Mm -hmm. you know, led me to go all in, I guess. So for me, um, I respect it and I incorporate it and it's, it's actually, I'd actually be fine with just incorporating the knowledge and just, you know, Mm -hmm. understanding how that, that works into just the way the body functions, I think is super helpful. So I, I'm a big advocate that people learn it. I just, I think you just got to be careful about, you know, you know, being excessive with anything. No, I, I love that. And that's kind of like the same way that, that we've looked at it. We do, you know, like maybe three to five minutes of some diaphragmatic breathing drills. And the benefits that you get out of that is something that we can see um, on an almost like immediate uh, basis. So, you know, that's kind of all we we need to do with our with our general population. But it's it's always interesting talking to, you know, people like you, talking to, talking to Eric, talking to people like Connor Ryan, and you kind of see, you know, exactly – you know, how people are, are taking this knowledge, people that are smarter than me is what is what I'm right. trying to say and see like, you know, how, how are you guys digesting this stuff and how are you implementing it? Is there anything that, that you know, I'm missing because, um, you know, again, like we've had at NBSC, we had uh, Michael Mullen come in and do like, uh, he must have done, done like three or four in-services for like maybe a total of eight hours, all amazing stuff, fantastic right. information. But then at the end of the day, we got to figure out, all right, well, what can we take from this and, and how can we fit it into a 60-minute adult program or a 90-minute athlete program? And then also keep in mind, what are we going to take out now? What right. What is this better right. than that we're now going to remove from from our program? So that, yeah, that's right. that's interesting to hear. And again, that's kind of like, you know, again, why I like to con, kind of continue this conversation to, to bring it up and see what people are doing. Yeah. And I, I, would, I, I would, to build off what you just said there, I, I would, I would say that it's okay to embrace the fact that after you learn it, you decided not to integrate it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's okay. Or, or you, you're barely integrating it. I think that's fine. You know, it's, it's like it's, completely, that's, that, that's like the opposite of people just completely disregarding something and not, right. not, not even trying it, which we see, unfortunately, a, a lot in this, this industry where people will just say, no, that's a bunch of crap. I'm not even, I'm not even going to look at it. I'm going to continue doing what I've been doing for the last 20 years and not change anything. Right. Well, you know, same critique for, you know, that the FMS got in the day, like at that yeah. point, like no, nobody comes to the gym and says, Hey, I want a symmetrical straight leg raise. Like, <laughs> like that, that, that's, well, that's not really so, well, actually our gyms, they probably do. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like there'll, there'll be people that come in and, and, you know, you screen them in the FMS and they'll be like, well, all right, I got a one. What do I need to do to get a two? Yeah, but you got to realize that's few and far between. Everyone's just like, oh totally. yeah, great, but I want to lose 10 pounds. Thanks. Yeah. You know, so if, if you spend time with, you know, training wheels on that person, mm-hmm. um, they're just going to go someplace else because there's another gym right next to you. And there's, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta deliver, you, you have to deliver the service that the client wants. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously you, 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 you do what you need to do as well, but you just get, you got to stick to that, that concept here. I mean, if everybody's, you know, get their feet on a wall, blowing up a balloon and then they lose 10 pounds they're gonna they are definitely going to another gym right. you know <laughs> you know but you know it's again the fitness crowd they see it as it's this shiny new thing because when people like myself and eric and stuff when, when we chat about it like that it's I, maybe they think that's all we do all day but like mm-hmm. we, you know it's 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 a very great thing that they should learn and appreciate and see how it fits into their practice with their clientele right and, and, and that's what it comes down to. And, and, it, and it's okay if it doesn't or if you don't think it does. Because you know what? We've been doing really good in this world, like, <laughs> you know, w- w- without this focus. Like, mm. that can only help. And it's okay if maybe you don't understand it enough or you, you're not ready to implement it or you don't think you can sell it well enough to your clientele. It's okay if that's all right. Like, you know, I, I think people just have to embrace that. Absolutely. It's always the... Um it's a thing that, again, since the Perform Better Summits are coming up right now, it's it's, it's a thing that you always need to watch out for with, with younger coaches. Um, usually is when they they go and see someone talk, it's a complete buy-in um, right. and a complete like, Thank all right, well, I guess we're going to have to throw out everything that we do and start from you know zero and just kind of copy-paste, you know, 
Mike Reinhold's template, and then we'll we'll go from there. Where you know is, there isn't really a thought process; it's just like a complete drone right. thing going on. And, and the part that I'm seeing, we talk about this with the PT world, is we have some of these young clinicians or or even students mm-hmm. that are going through PRI and DNS and and even FMS, basically, and they're, they're, that's all they're doing. And and they it's like drinking the Kool Aid at that point because they're so impressionable. Yeah, and they don't know how to treat a joint. Mm-hmm. So they wow. they can't they can't help you with your shoulder pain, or they're going to convince you that you don't re- your shoulder pain is because of your diaphragm, <laughs> and, and and they can't help the person. Like so, if the person in front of me does not leave with less shoulder pain, I've failed. Yep. If it's going to take months of diaphragmatic breathing, then then you're you, you don't get it. That's not why they came to see you, you know. So you, you gotta you, you have to understand that. Like you have to be able to you have to be able to to treat. You know, you're still a therapist, or you know, you're you're still a uh, personal trainer. You have to be able to build their program. You know, this is just stuff that if you if you have the desire to to learn it and integrate it, then you can hope for maybe some better results. But mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's how you should take it. Uh, well, I mean, since uh, you brought it up, let's let's talk about how you guys are utilizing the FMS to 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 screen uh, at your facility. Just because, you know, it is something that you know the the FMS is it's discussed quite a bit in the, <laughs> in, the in the fitness crowd. You know, in terms of its its benefits um, and its and its detriments. Is it good for this population? Is it like what is it really telling us in terms of injury uh, prevention, or excuse me, uh, better to be put like uh, in terms of potential future injury when we right. uh, screen people. So, uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious, you know, how, how are you utilizing that and, and what are you taking from that data? Well, I mean, I, I would, I would say the FMS is not perfect for anyone, but it's good for everyone. You know what I mean? And I totally. think you, you yep. have to, you have to get that fact. Like, so all the FMS like really did was it, it helped us establish a systemized way to, to, to look at movement. And that, exactly. The reason why that's important is because even if you just said, "Well, I'm going to look at squat and lunge with all my clients as a mm-hmm. as a fitness professional," or, or uh, did you, did you, I, sorry, I don't. I apologize for butting no, in, but no, no. I I mean I I get this answer and I I get it, but this is kind of like a smart ass answer. Oh, the, <laughs> the 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 assessment starts when they walk through the door. Yeah, no, I I know. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> I I get it. It's not, but I'm not gonna. That's not gonna say. Like, All right, well, let's throw 15 on the bar, right? And let's let's start squatting, and then I'll take a look and see what's going on. No, it's probably best to start and screen them before you start loading them up. Yeah, I mean, I always say you, you got to know where you're starting to know where you're going, right? I mean, that's kind of like yeah. a, a big point there. Mm-hmm. If you don't systemize it, then you can't reproduce it, right? It's you know, what's the point of developing a system? A system is to you get consistent, reliable results, right? That's what mm-hmm. you're looking for. So if you're just haphazardly just kind of like a, a, pretending you're assessing people when they walk through the door, to use your example and stuff, that's not a systemized way to just reproduce it. I mean, how are you going to look at it? How are you going to look at them in a month to see if they improved or if they changed their sneakers or if they're wearing a different pair of shorts that day. That's going to change your, uh, your assessment methodology, right? <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, for me, I, the FMS is an awesome thing that, that we definitely do because we think it's important to have a, a systemized way to look at people. Mm-hmm. So I was guilty early on that I, I didn't do a complete FMS. I did about an 80% FMS um, because there's just some tests that I just don't think are useful in my population, you know, mm-hmm. like, and so, that are completely worthless. Um, but for me, I changed that uh, the last several years because I realized that the FMS is, is, is gaining popularity in the research world and I'm just going to have years of incomplete data that mm. I, I, I could look back down in the road and regret. So, mm-hmm. um, so what I do is I still, we do a complete FMS at Champion, even though like, you know, like with a baseball player with their shoulder, we kind of really don't, we don't pay attention to that, but we still record mm-hmm. it just, so, just in case, you know, we want to know their composite score. Like you said, like, you know, for the injury risk, uh, kind of data down the road type of thing. So we do do that, but then obviously we kind of supplement our own thing. So, uh, I feel like, you know, like the FMS is like, you know, the good basic cake right there. And then you just got to add your frosting to it for whatever your specific clientele is. And if you don't have that niche that like we've been talking about here then the fms is perfect for it you just use that but if you have a hockey niche or you have a baseball niche or you have whatever niche um, you probably have to customize a little bit of that but i'd do it on top now i wouldn't do it instead if Mm -hmm. that makes sense Totally, and I'm all for cake analogies on this show. <laughs> love um, yeah, let's let's keep that cake or, or ice cream analogies. Um, <laughs> maybe we'll see if we can work one of those in before we wrap up. Um, uh, another question that kind of goes uh, along with this, and like with with the FMS a little bit. Um, Gavin 
wanted to ask, uh, how blurry are the lines between coaching and training and PT? Uh, they're only blurry if you make them. Okay. <laughs> so I would, I would say there's zero blur. That's like saying how blurry is the line between a dentist and a lawyer. I mean, well, it's, only, I, I, it's only blurry if the dentist gives legal advice. Well, I, yeah. Let me, let me, let me. I guess put it this way. I guess is you know what what is the line that we have as as strength coaches or, or trainers that do not have um, you know a physical therapy license or a massage therapy or anything like that in terms of our ability to obviously we shouldn't be manipulating joints but you know what what can we do in terms of i guess before we refer out or, or should we be doing anything you have fantastic paraphrasing i think that was fantastic good job um so i i'd say a couple things i'd say the first thing i think of in terms of like what can you do before referring out um i i always talk about what i call the corrective exercise bell curve i, I think it's mm. completely appropriate for personal trainers strength coaches to to try to do corrective exercise based things i i think it's super important because i think 20 percent of the time you're going to nail it and mm-hmm. it's going to be perfect that's really good um so i i always say like i'm very pro like the this, this line blurring to an extent. I mean, we're definitely, some people take it too far, but mm-hmm. I'm very pro this. I think we shouldn't just be lifting weights. I think we should also be trying to optimize people. So I wrote this a few months ago, I think on my website, is that we need to stop trying to fix people and just try to start optimizing people. And, mm-hmm. and I think you just change that mindset. You're, you're going to do the same exercise at the same time, but your rationale is completely different and no mm-hmm. lines are blurred. You know, it's it's like it's a it's just a different way of thinking of it here. So I think we got to get out of the the mold of trying to fix people. You know, it's, I, I I think that's when it gets blurry, and you know, just try to optimize people. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I mean, we have an integrated model at Champion for a reason. Like, I think you should be working with a good PT or manual therapist, whoever, chiropractor, or whatever, massage therapist. They're all great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you should be working with someone with everybody because I think everybody can benefit from one. Yeah. You know, so I think we need to get out of the fear of like you know, I don't. I don't know, like the fear of competition or something like that and work, you know, together with people, you know, we, you know, I, I work with so many personal trainers and coaches like with their clients to, to get more out of their programming. I, I think that's how we should, we should look at it. But, but that, I think that's exactly what it is. People are afraid of, all right, well, if I have this person spending a hundred dollars an hour to me and then I'm asking them to spend a hundred dollars an hour with, with you, I'm worried that they're just going to leave me and stay with you. Nah, but, but you know, again, that's crazy. That's like, again, totally. Spe- spending a hundred bucks to get their teeth cleaned and then leaving you to go spend a hundred bucks <laughs> to get their will with their lawyer. I mean, it's, yeah. like, it's a different thing, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, obviously you got to pick the right people and have a good, you know, network of people you talk to. But, um, I don't know. I'd argue if somebody's paying 120 bucks for personal training, they can probably pay 120 bucks for, for something else too. <laughs> you Absolutely. Know? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, you know, you know, it, it's, it's all about, you know, you know what you want to do, but, um, you know, don't forget that the, there's a flip side to that corrective exercise bell curve, right? And I think 20% of the time I, I see a lot of um, poorly designed programs that are actually hurting people, you know, and, and what what happens with that sometimes is that you just, you didn't assess. Mm-hmm. So you, you either didn't assess or it's beyond your scope or beyond your your, your current knowledge level is why you didn't assess. But if you're just throwing corrective exercises and, and mobility drills like, you know, at somebody, um, you really, you really can annoy them. I mean, you know, I always say like, you can't flip the chapter 12 in a book and find the find what what you're going to do to fix your shoulder pain you know it's that's it's not it's not fair i mean so you know a lot of times you, you might get lucky 20 percent of the time but a lot of times you could you could actually be making yourself worse well and, and that's the other thing that we have to watch out for as like fitness professionals the people that and you know i don't I guess I'm 30 now. So now I can say, yeah, like the younger trainers and coaches and, and I hate, Oh God, this is, this is, I apologize. I'm going to step on a pedestal for a second and say, can we stop? Like, like this happened at the perform better summit where there was a big, like outlashing at the work ethic of millennials. Like they do this huge Q and a at the end. And like, I want to be like, no, guys, like there were lazy people when you were kids or like you were in your 20s and, and, and 25, like 25 year old, too. But we, th- there probably wasn't a name for it. Trust me, I, I know plenty of quote unquote millennials that are busting their ass working 80 hours a week or, you know, I would kind of put myself in that category, too. My such a generalizations, folks, are not 
super good when you're in a big audience, just for people that might want to potentially buy your products down the road. <laughs> well, um, played, well played. Anyways, <laughs> uh, what I was saying is like, you know, you, again, you have those, those young coaches that may be, uh, you know, they want to be the corrective guys. Like all they do is correctives like in their training and, and things like that. But, you know, from the sounds of like what you're saying is like, no, okay, we, we got to lift. Like you have to lift. You're like, what is, what are we going to do like in this warm up or in this prep to get people to be able to lift today and get something out of it? Right. Absolutely. Yeah, they came to you to train, train them. I think that's, that's the important part. If they, if they need more than that, you you got to get somebody that you're comfortable with that you work with. I think that's one of the biggest things you can do in this world is develop that strength therapy team. You know, mm. if you, if you get somebody down the street or whoever, I mean, I mean, it is so super useful on both ends. I mean, it's, it's, it's a blast. I mean, that's, uh, you know, most of my friends are, are, are fitness people, you know, and we just, we bounce people back and forth all the time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, the outcomes you're getting with that person are awesome you know so it's you know it definitely works that way so i mean I, again the lines are only blurry if you blur them you know just try to try to keep them clean i guess then you know to summarize there you know stick stick to what you're really good at and find people that compliment you can I, can I, I'm, since I did it, I want to put you, let you go on a, on a platform and, and talk to the young oh coaches. Oh boy. <laughs> and we'll just say, you know, take a second because now again, like you're someone that has just, you've done so much in your career up until this point. And like you kind of started a new chapter with the facility, but uh, I mean, you, you've seen a lot, you've done a lot. I mean, what, what kind of advice do you, you have for people that you could kind of like see? I mean, like I said, and you talk to a lot of people as well. You've seen what a lot of young coaches and even coaches that have been doing it for a long time have been doing right and been doing wrong. What, what do you think is some, some general advice that, that people could, you know, really benefit from? I, I mean, I think the biggest piece of advice and, you know, not to turn this to a platform, that type of thing is lots of people ask me, even to this day, like, you know, like, Hey, like, how have you been successful and whatever? And we could argue what success means. Cause there's a lot of things I've been unsuccessful at. Right. So, mm-hmm. but I guess, you know, if you broadly say I've been successful, everyone says, well, you know, how are you successful? And I, I think it is so simple. You know, there's always luck involved, but you know, you gotta, if you're putting yourself in that, that position to succeed and luck comes together, you're all set. But it's, I just work harder than everybody else. I really do. That's all it is. Like, right, I, yeah. I, I, I'm not smarter than you. And it's probably the same thing with you too, Kevin. I mean, like you got, what do you have like uh, 40 podcasts that you just started now? So like, no, like 40, 42. <laughs> 40, I added two more this week. My, my See, I insulted you again. I apologize. <laughs> um, um, it, you just, you have to work hard. Like if you want more in life, you want more salary, you want more autonomy, anything you want, you just have to work harder. You know, so that's the good thing about, you know, our country too, like right now, it's the harder you work, the more you profit. That's just right. how it is yeah. in this world. So the biggest thing is, is you just you got to work for it. You know, like I've had my website now for for almost ten years, mm-hmm. and I've I've had you know one to three posts a week for ten years. You know, like 10 years. Think about that. Like, that's a long time. That's dedication and that's commitment to it because that's an important part of who I am and what I do. You know, so you have to be dedicated to do that. And I do that in addition to it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what I learned from my mentors when I was young. You know, so like nobody. So one of my big mentors, you know, you know, Dr. James Andrews, yep. you, know, you know, great surgeon type of guy. Nobody works harder than him. Nobody. The man literally like when I was down there, he, his kids were in high school. So mm-hmm. literally he'd cover a high school football game sideline on a Friday night. <laughs> he, he would he would fly from Birmingham to Tuscaloosa, which is like a 45 minute drive. Um, he, he'd, he'd fly to the Alabama game for the first half, fly to uh, Auburn at halftime and cover Auburn. And then on Sunday morning, go cover the Redskins. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Nobody works harder than him, you know? So I'm not, you know, trust me, there's, it's all about work-life balance and you got to figure that thing out, but you can find ways even in a work-life balance to to make it work. You know, you just, you just, you just got to put the time in and things always come to those people. Yeah. I haven't really heard it said better than that. Uh, There there was a a great I mean, it's just good timing on this. Uh, Kevin Carr did a great post of like his first 10 years as a strength coach. And it, it is really about, like I mentioned in a couple podcasts before, you can either get angry that you're not as successful as the guy next year or the guy up on, on stage, or you can take action and Absolutely. you know, do, do what he did or she did to get to where they are today. And it's just like, there's always going to be people that are just going to want to complain about it and not do 
yep. when it actually not put in the work. Like absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I I treated patients for fifty hours a week and then went home and wrote journal articles and book chapters. Yeah, and you yeah. know, and and you got to do that, and, and especially if you're young. I mean, if you're young, man, you don't have like a family and kids. I did all that so that way I can have some more autonomy now, so I can coach. Right, do it, do it like when that. you have all that time, right? Yeah, man. If you're if you're thirty five right now and you're trying to figure it out and you're wondering why you don't you don't have everything, it's too late. You know, mm-hmm. you got you got to you know you got to work your tail off there so you can reap the rewards down that down the road so you know i mean it, you know everybody defines success differently but you know i mean it's 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 there's a definite correlation between the amount of work you put in and and what you get out of it that is a hell of a way to to finish this uh this episode but before we do go uh mike any anything coming up that people should be keeping a head like an eye out for i know you and eric have been working on this new project that is out by the time that this uh comes out yeah absolutely i mean um a few things this year i guess like kind of my i always try to say like what are my goals for the year so mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year we started a podcast so i i was you know i took a page out of your book kevin so um, <laughs> i finally jumped in because i started to figure out what it is i do and don't like about podcasts and i figured it out so we started a podcast i Love just it. i just stole gary v's a whole business model <laughs> you know but like we just we just we answer user questions and yeah. it's a very casual we're just hanging out that's that's it and people get to they get exposed to you know what life's like us with us because that's what we do all day we just talk like that all day mm-hmm. um so you know we get a podcast that just you know mikerinald.com you can click on podcast and see that we, we're just having a blast with that um and then you know just launched a couple of big products in there so for the pt pt world um lenny mccrina my my partner at uh champion and i we we released a big online program teaching you how we, we evaluate and treat the knee, uh, which is hugely popular. So we got that one up on um, onlineneeseminar.com. And then uh, Eric Cressy and I just released our fourth installment in our fifth product together. Um, this one's in the uh, functional stability training um, series. This one's called Optimizing Movement. Uh, it's definitely my favorite one yet. I think it's, it's now what you're doing is, is you're taking that integrated approach. You're taking the, the therapist mindset and the strength coach mindset in, mm-hmm. in how we look at people and how we coach people and how we we optimize things like their deadlifts and their squats and stuff like that so it's um you know that one was a pretty fun project to put together with eric which is always fun but you know i i, I like that one a lot so um so those are kind of our big big projects lately and you know we'll see we'll keep building more but um you know it's the podcast has been fun i can see why you've been doing it so long well like we talked about before the show like the and I mentioned a million times before, like this show started because I just wanted to ask questions to people that I wanted to talk to. And, no doubt. Uh, and, no it's, doubt. and then it's just like, hey, you know, if other people want this, you should be able to get access to it. Like free information is something that I really believe in. And like, that is why you can go and download episode one. I don't recommend it. But if you want to, you can go check episode one. It's not behind a paywall, like, you know, some of the bigger podcasts do and stuff like that. But um, yeah, like more great information is going to be better for, for everyone. That is also why I, there must be like a dozen coaches and other people that I've talked to to help them set up podcasts because the more podcasts, the better, because that's more information for me to digest. It's more, you know, information for, for young coaches and, and people that are veterans as well to continue to stay up to date with what's going on. And, conversations are when the best content comes out. It's not like, Hey Mike, what are your three favorite shoulder drills? No, sorry. Like that's, <laughs> that's not how I, that's not how I roll. Um, and, <laughs> right. and it, like, again, I can tell from today, like I've had a blast talking to you today. I, if I could, I would take another hour of your time, but unfortunately I have a hungry dog. That's like literally sitting next to me waiting for his lunch and his first walk. So I'm going to let him have his time. But, um, yeah, I mean, definitely everyone make sure that you go and, and check out uh, Mike's podcast. It's the Ask Mike Reinhold Show, and it's available on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, which is kind of weird now. Stitcher just got bought by a big advertising company, so that might be getting a little weird down the road. We're going to have to keep yeah. an eye out for that, but um, uh, YouTube as well. So there's a bunch of different places where you can check out that show. And of course, in terms of uh, products, like again, you, you and Eric have been just kicking ass when it comes to this stuff. This is... Continuing education is so easy today because it's at your fingertips. Like if you want to get this stuff, you can just get access to it right now. You can order it and, and start watching and digesting uh, this stuff. And um, again, if probably the best place to just go is MikeReinhold.com and click on the products tab. There might be, it depends. I might start this show and say, hey, there's a great way to get access to this product. And if you buy through the link on the like, fitcast.network, help on the network as well. I don't know, but 
go pick it up either way. Seriously, just go, just, just go pick it up and, and you know get more great information because this is how we continue to get better as coaches, as trainers, and people that are just love to train and love to lift. Um, so anytime you or Eric has something that comes out, you bet your ass I got my eyes and ears open. And uh, are, are you planning on going to any of the Perform Better summits this year? Are we going to get to uh, bump into each other? I, I feel like I, my life is so day-to-day right now. I haven't even looked at my <laughs> schedule. It's, it's, it's with the kids in school. It's crazy. Life gets so crazy. Um, you know, I always try to make those events because they're they're so worth going for the educational and the networking thing. So hopefully, I, I hope to see you there. All right, awesome. Well, uh, in the meantime, go to go to mikereinhold.com. From there, you can get access to Mike uh, on Twitter. It's at Mike Reinhold on, on Twitter as well. And uh, how's your Instagram game going? It's, it's it's strong to quite strong. I think we're getting there. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I think you're, you're doing good. You're you're at 3,200 followers, and that's also believe it or not at Mike Reinhold on Instagram. <laughs> I'm, I'm so easy to find, right? <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm telling you, if you get in early and you can get your like first name, last name on everything, that's how I try to do it. Um, make it happen so you don't have to have like like Reinhold 492 or something oh, like that, you know? Oh man. You, I, I have Mike Reinhold at everything. I mean like Earthlink, like things that don't even exist anymore, like Netscape, like all these things, except for one Gmail. <laughs> so mad. I'm so mad. I didn't get it. I still I like have like all these other ones. Like I don't even use any of them. I got them just in case and I missed the boat on Gmail. So if Mike Reinhold at gmail.com is listening to this, I, I will buy that email off you. For what you got like a you got like a crisp twenty dollar bill in exactly. your pocket? I will buy it with all your spam. I, I just want it. I don't want. <laughs> I'll take I'll take all your newsletter signups that I still have uh, still have going on. But um, so all right, well let's uh we'll, we'll wrap it up there. And again, lots of great stuff coming from from Mike. I, I promise you guys, that we're gonna hear again uh, from Mike soon if I can get him back on the show because it took it took too long for me to put this together. And and Mike, I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, out of your day, out of your Friday to, to come on and to chat and uh, help me out and help out the uh, the audience when it comes to just getting better today. Absolutely. And thanks for having me on the show. Obviously, thank you. And, and obviously, thank everybody that's listened to this. I appreciate it. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Don't forget to go to fitcast.network if you want to get some more episodes. And also, like Mike said, there's about 42 to 45 other podcasts that you can listen to uh, on there. There's lots of great stuff going on, and I uh, appreciate your support. If you do enjoy the show, patreon.com slash the fitcast. That helps contribute to the production of this show, or you can make a one-time or a monthly donation at fitcast.network via PayPal. I appreciate it so much for everyone out there that is helping me make this successful and continue to help me give great information into your ears uh, via iTunes or your other, other favorite podcast application as well. And uh, have a great week. We will see you in seven days. Take care.